Hi everyone, welcome to Connect More. My name is Sarah Heisey Grabeel. I am a life coach, writer, and researcher, and the host of this podcast where we talk about connection, why we need it, why the systems we live under make it very hard for us to get it, and how to build it anyway, because it's just that important. Particular focuses here are race, class, and gender, and how white supremacy, capitalism, and the patriarchy factor into our social lives, our family building, and our parenting. Stay tuned at the end for information on how to be in touch with me, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome. This is our first episode, and I am so thrilled to be here with you all. Oh my gosh, the buildup and the anticipation to starting this podcast has been epic. It has been in the works for at least a year and a half. It has cycled through several names that maybe I will share with you at some point. A lot of podcast art. Um, I have recorded episodes and then never published them. It's been a journey, and the journey has brought us here to episode one, so I am truly grateful for all of it. So let's do some introducing and some positioning to start us off. My name is Sarah Heisey Grabiel. I'm 34. I live in Greensboro, North Carolina. I grew up on a vegetable and cattle farm about an hour southeast of here in a very small town. Uh, but starting at the age of 15, my life took me in some pretty wildly different geographical directions. I spent several years living in Quito, Ecuador. I attended college in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is the second coldest metropolitan area on planet Earth. I did not really know how to conceptualize that when I went off bright-eyed to college, but you live and learn. Um, I spent a semester in Cape Coast, Ghana during my college years, and then I ended up teaching creative writing, poetry, spoken word, slam poetry in Philadelphia for seven years before returning to the South, where I live now with my incredible five-year-old son, Micah. So all that to say, in a nutshell, I am a white Southern single mom. My son's dad is, well, he's originally Puerto Rican, but more recently from Philadelphia. Um, and he now lives about a half a mile down the street from us. So I co-parent. I'm like one of those co-parenting moms who has her son like, you know, 85 to 90% of the time, I'd say. So maybe we need a, a new word for that rough percentage. But anyway, I'm not complaining. I really adore my kid. He's at an amazing age right now where we just feel like best friends. It's lovely. Um, I will get into a lot about parenting, co-parenting, diverse family setups on this podcast, but that's probably a good amount for you to know for just right now. And I'm a writer. I have an MFA in fiction from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. I am a researcher. I'm currently in school again at Carolina studying folklore and American studies. And I'm a life coach, um, or as I call myself more specifically, a connection coach. And I think that it's my, well, it's really my whole life that has brought me to this podcast, truly. But it's my coaching that has most directly brought me here. Something I think about all the time is how the systems and structures that we live under in a huge variety of ways make it very difficult for us to build and maintain human connection. And definitely emphasis on the phrase, whatever I said, huge variety, right? We have a world in which, you know, some people are forced to be refugees. Some people are pipelined into the prison system. Some people are discriminated against 
uh, really persecuted for their gender identity. The list, you know, obviously goes on and on and on. So there are these actively oppressive systems that make a lot of people's lives almost unbearably difficult. There's the basic fact of poverty and minimum wage employment, right? I could go on and on. And then there is what frequently feels like a really pretty huge gulf in between the people in our society and around the world who are deeply struggling on a daily basis to get their basic needs met, and the people who have pretty sufficient access to everything they need on a basic level and are kind of on the ladder trying to climb up to the next rung. It's like the American middle class is basically what I'm talking about here. And a lot of us in the American middle class are not actively targeted by the kinds of systems I mentioned earlier, or at least not in so personal a way, or at least not by so many at the same time. Does that make sense? Yet we still live in a world where these systems reign. These systems have a lot of power and they take their toll. They take their toll on us even as we feel that they don't. But what we're told is, like, if you make the right choices, these systems are not going to affect you. So we are really pretty deeply pressured and incentivized to make those quote-unquote right choices. Some examples might be the 9-to-5 salary job with benefits, marriage, and all the associated, you know, tax breaks and societal approval, Uh, two kids, the new car, um, home home ownership, etc, etc. None of these things are bad or wrong. I want to be very clear because I can just like hear how this could be misinterpreted. I love partnership. Don't have a romantic partnership as I'm recording this. I would like it though, maybe in the future. I love kids. Um, I love a good income. I could definitely use a better car than the 2007 Honda Accord that I currently drive. So like none of these things are bad. They're actually fairly neutral. I would argue. I'll get into that in another episode. But what I believe is challenging is that we are so incentivized into choosing all these things that what can happen is we turn around and realize that we have inadvertently set ourselves up to exist in a world where we have a lot of the stuff we've been told we're supposed to have and we really do not have much access to human connection in a very broad or expansive way. Here's just like, some real baseline examples of that. Like we drive to work and we come home, we don't use public transportation. We have a nuclear family that consumes 90% of our free time, making it quite hard to invest in friendship. Um, We have a home in a neighborhood where people, most people anyway, look and talk like us or make similar amounts of money. We don't get tons of time off to travel, so when we do, We can't really like go somewhere else and really learn the ways and customs of another place and meet new people. We kind of do like the tourist travel thing. All of these things can seem on their own like completely reasonable situations, and they are. Um, But there are also some real risks that come along with making all these choices like in a bundle, if you will, without holding awareness around the implications of each choice and the ways in which each choice can move us farther from a place where we're operating within a greater community, um, where we're prioritizing values that really look out for everyone rather than just us or just our family. One way this happens is very simply in terms of money. So like as our lives become increasingly tied to maintaining what we are striving for either individually or as a nuclear family, even if we're operating within 
a higher income bracket than previously, we now need to put that income toward the car, the house, the kids, et cetera, or at least we feel we do. Putting another pin in that. We're going to talk about that in another episode, right? But we feel that we need to put this income towards all these different things at the cost of being able to make really meaningful contributions toward building a society that we want to live in. And I'm not talking here about like the wealthiest 1%. I just want to be clear about that. Like I'm not going to waste my breath, (laughs) frankly, on a podcast like this slamming like the people who are, you know, investing $15 million in a vacation home rather than donating that to charity. Like that's not even somebody else's fight, I guess. Um, I'm talking about like, you might have, you know, $5,000 to spare in a year. And kind of like, where does that money go, right? Or how do we think about um, the need to penny pinch, kind of feeling like, oh, I don't have enough to make a meaningful contribution, when in fact, there's probably people right in your own community or very close by for whom $50 could make a huge difference today. But we become more and more disconnected from each other to a point where we don't even really realize that there's someone so close to us, so close by, for whom that could make such a big impact, and yet we're going to spend this on. Like, I don't know, whatever. And this is not it, this is not intended to be, I just want to be really clear, it's not intended to be like a, I don't want there to be any shaming right? Because what I am trying to call out here, this is not like a podcast about how to spend your money. What I'm trying to call out here is the ways in which we get detached from human connection, where we can't see ways in which we could use our resources or just like like our our the friendship that we can offer, right, to other people in ways that could be really meaningful. So it's not about like, oh, you should be more generous with your money. This is about me wanting everyone to have the, mm, what's the word, the joy of as much connection as possible in our lives. And money is just like one small example of that. One impact of all of this is it can leave us really struggling to teach our kids the values that we hold dear. A large amount of the coaching I do is with white parents who deeply want to raise anti-racist kids, who are committed to racial justice, right? Who, you know, kids who don't hold stereotypes, kids who look out for, you know, instances of injustice and stand up for it. Um, But many of these parents that I'm talking about struggle to figure out how am I going to raise kids with these values because they are living in a world that is or would at least appear to be like 99% white or 99% middle to upper class or whatever it is. And there are so many reasons that this happens. So if you're listening and feeling really called out right now, please don't feel like this is an attack. This is essentially by design, like segregation in America is essentially by design, and I'll talk a lot more about it in future episodes. The fundamental issue is that for middle to upper class white people in America, if you're not actively making choices to bring diversity into your life and to put yourself and your family in spaces where you are going to connect with and learn from people who are different from you, it probably won't happen of its own accord. So as we lose connections with the greater world, connections that can really inform our values and our beliefs, we are also obviously going to find it more difficult to pass these values and beliefs 
down to our children in a meaningful way, right? In a way that goes beyond kind of like token gestures. And like at the end of all of this, I think, the, the, maybe the biggest risk in all of this is simply the fact of loneliness and isolation. We know we need friendship. We know we need fun and excitement in our lives. We know that we need genuine rest. We know that we need adventure. We know that we show up better for the people we love when they're not the only people we can rely on. We know that we're better parents when we've gotten an hour or two for ourselves. We know this. We know this. But for many of us, the choices we make actually end up making it harder and harder to make the connections that will safeguard against loneliness and that will help us have access to all these things that just like make us better people, better people in relationship, better people in relationship to ourselves. So that's why I'm here. I care very, very deeply about issues of social justice, racism, classism, sexism, religious discrimination, gender discrimination, LGBTQ rights. I hold these topics very dear. And I believe that as humans, we show up, uh, I, I was going to say, like a thousand times stronger for people we love than for people we don't know. And that's why I want us to know each other better, <laughs> to know each other more, to know each other more deeply, and to know each other across difference, because it will help us stand up for each other in the face of systems that want to bring many of us down. And also because we just simply legitimately cannot survive without human connection. We can't, we cannot, none of us can. So it's on us to figure out how to create it. Even as we're not responsible for the systems that have placed us where we are, I don't want us to take in that shame of like, like we're really going to break down in this podcast a lot of the white shame stuff. So stay, stay tuned for that. What I am saying is it's on us to each do the internal work to figure out how am I going to create this in my life, understanding how powerful that can be for me and for everybody around me if I do that. So you're going to hear me talk on this podcast about anti-racism and diversity work, about single motherhood and womanhood, and the challenges presented by, you know, this expectation of what a nuclear family should be, um, about how to make friends, how to make friends across difference, and just how to make friends, period, and about how to show up for the values that you cherish, right? Above all, how to be in action rather than being stuck. The biggest thing I want you to hear right now is that the strategies I'm going to share the mindsets and philosophies I'm going to impart, the practical tips I'm going to offer are available to you no matter where you live, no matter what your family set up, no matter what particular life you've led up to this point. Some of my anti-racism content is more explicitly for white people because I think that that is the group of people that as a white woman myself, I'm best situated to support and advise. But for the most part, my content here is intended for everyone and I believe there is something here for everyone. Also, like, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I really believe in every single one of you listening to this podcast. Like, really, you have already done incredible things. You are capable of doing incredible things. And I'm really grateful you've decided to join me on this journey of one of the most powerful things in the universe, which is human connection. So let's get started. I will see you next week.
Thank you for listening to Connect More. If you'd like to see more of my work, please check me out on Instagram. The link is included in the show notes. I offer one-on-one life coaching and also I have a number of workshops and other opportunities coming up. And feel free to just reach out, send me a DM, introduce yourself. I'd love to talk to you. The artwork for this podcast was designed by me. The music for this podcast was produced by Rafik Davis of Philadelphia. Take care and talk to you soon.